Yeah, we're so glad you're here today, and as Hank said, the Lord has been blessing us this church year, and we're expecting more baptisms, We, especially after children camp. We had an outstanding children camp, and we know uh, we had one come forward this morning, and we know some others who gave their life to Christ and hoping to come forward very soon. On Sunday nights, we're studying the book of John, and so I invite you to take a copy of God's Word and look with us to our passage tonight, tonight found in the book of John, chapter 8, as we begin reading with verse 37. The book of John chapter 8, and we'll begin reading with verse 37. This has been a very long chapter. In fact, we've been taking it in sections as Jesus is talking with the Pharisees. He's laying a foundation of who he is. They are disagreeing. They're trying to figure him out. There's been some arguments, and tonight we're going to see the argument continues as they debate Jesus on who he is. He's been talking to them that he is the light of the world. He's been talking to them about how he can set them free. And they are really offended by this. I mean, here's this, this itinerant preacher. Here's this carpenter. He's telling them that they are slaves. And as we looked at last time, they said, we have never been slaves. And yet the history shows otherwise. But Jesus was talking about slave to sin. And he is saying, you are slave to sin. I can set you free. And so the conversation continues. And then in verse 37, Jesus is continuing to talk. He says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you have heard from your father. And they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. Surely you are no, not greater than our father Abraham, who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, 
If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And yet you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And therefore they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Pray with me. My Father, tonight as we look at this discourse between Jesus and the Pharisees, help us, Father, to see the flow of it. But also help us, Father, see the meaning of it. Because, Father, what Jesus said to them, he could say to us. Father, give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sometimes people make a statement that sounds good, but if you know the Bible, it's theologically incorrect. There is a statement I hear many times, I hear it on the news, and it's theologically incorrect. Now, we don't want to admit that. If you hear someone, if you're a friend or or a relative say this phrase, you don't want to correct them because of how it sounds, but it's incorrect. And here's the phrase, every person is a child of God. Now, that sounds good. We like to hear that. Here's the problem. That's theologically incorrect. Now, every person is loved of God. Every person is special to God. Every person has access to God. Those are true statements, but the statement that every person is a child of God is incorrect because of the passage we just read. Jesus is in a debate with the Pharisees. He is in a discussion with the Pharisees. In the passage we just read, Jesus is talking about two families and two fathers. In fact, the word father appears seven times in this passage. Jesus is telling them who their father really is, and basically he's only given them two choices. And it's the same with us. Jesus is laying down this foundation of who is your father. Whose child are yours? Are, are you? And he, he says in, again, verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendant. In other words, physically, I know you're coming from Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Verse 38, I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you have also do the things which you have heard from your father. So Jesus says, look, I, I understand physically you, you come from Abraham, but that he's not your father. You're listening to your father. I can look at your deeds and tell you who your father is. And he continues to talk about this. He says in verse 39, they answered him and said, Abraham is our father. (laughs) Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. Jesus connects. Your actions will show who your father is. Verse 40, but as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You're not doing the deeds of your father. Again, he says it again. You're not doing the deeds of your father. He is telling them that they are not a child 
of God. Verse 41, they said, we were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. And Jesus said, verse 42, if God were your Father, you would have loved me, for I proceed forth and come from God. I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. And then he says in verse 44, plainly, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. Jesus is telling this group, you're not a child of the father. You're not a child of God. You're a child of the devil. And they don't understand and he explains in verse 44 again, because, well, because you follow his deeds. You're doing exactly what your father is doing. In verse 46, which of you convicts me of sin? Now, by the way, they, they're always critical of Jesus. They, they accuse him of many things. What Jesus is saying here, he says, which one of you convicts me of sin? Which one of you can prove that I've sinned? And no one answers. Now, I want you to think about that. Could you go to your enemies and tell them, tell me, with evidence, what I've ever done wrong. Oh, the list will be long. Jesus is the only person ever on this planet could ever say to his enemies, what, if any of you convict me of a sin, can any of you prove that I'm a sinner? They couldn't prove it at all. If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? So as Jesus is talking, this is what he's saying. He said, you're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. Those are the only two options. Now, again, we don't like saying that. It makes us uncomfortable. We don't want to say it. It sounds like we, you know, we're very prejudicial or we're bigots or whatever. But Jesus is the one who drew the line in the sand. What Jesus is saying is very simple. God's children will reflect the nature of the Heavenly Father. The devil's children will reflect the nature of their father. Here's the question. Who do you reflect? And so in this passage and in this discussion, Jesus gives to us ways that we can spot a child of the devil and how we tell them apart from the child of God. So let's look at it. First of all, a child of the devil doesn't know Jesus. A child of the devil doesn't know Jesus. Again, look at verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar, the father of lies. Jesus says, the devil doesn't know Jesus. These people, they don't know him in a personal way. You know how you can figure this out? You don't have to be a devil worshiper to be a child of the devil. That's what he's saying. You simply don't know Jesus. Jesus is calling these religious leaders children of the devil. These men who knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards, they memorized the first five books of the Bible. He's calling them the child of the devil. He is saying, you belong to him. Why? Because you don't know me. They didn't like that. In fact, Look back at verse 41. They kind of heckled him. They said, when he said, you were doing the deeds of your father, they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Let me tell you something. That, that's an insult. That's a personal insult. You know what they're saying? 
They're referring back to Mary. They knew Mary was not married and that she was going to have a child. That's what they're doing. They didn't believe in the virgin birth at all. So by the time of Jesus' ministry, people were circulating that, that Mary and Joseph, that Joseph wasn't Jesus' father. Later on, 250 years later, after the crucifixion of Jesus, another group went out and said it was a Roman guard, a Roman soldier, even gave his name. Every now and then you hear that and discover, like, oh, we just found something. It's, it's all lies. They're insulting Jesus by saying, hey, hey, we weren't born in fornication like you were. And only that, they called him a demon. You know, you are a demon. Can you imagine that? The worst thing imaginable, calling Jesus a demon? Not only that, look at verse 48. Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Oh, my goodness. If you wanted an insult a Jew at that time period, you just call him a Samaritan. They didn't think Samaritans could be in the presence of God. They didn't think they could be saved. Many of the Jews actually taught that Samaritans were created for the for have fire in, in Hades. I mean, that, they really had no meaning, had no dealings with the Samaritans. That's why back in John chapter 4, it was so amazing Jesus had to go through Samaria. That was why in John chapter 4, it was amazing Jesus talked to a Samaritan woman. That's why it's so amazing Jesus sent the disciples into Sychar to get food at the Samaritan village. That's why it's so amazing in John chapter 4, the Samaritans came out and Jesus spent days with them. This is unheard of. And they looked at Jesus and they said, you are a demon and you are a Samaritan. This is the worst thing you could call someone. And I love Jesus' response. Look at verse 49. Verse 48, they said, do we not rightly that you, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? These are fighting words, okay? These are insults. Jesus responds, verse 49, I do not have a demon. That's it. They are insulting him. And his answer is, no, I don't have a demon. I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Do you want to know how to answer the insult? Look at Jesus. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. Jesus did not respond with the same anger they had toward him. He did not give back the way they gave to him. This is our model as believers in handling insult. I mean, back in, in chapter 5, verse 23, he says, He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Back in John chapter 8, verse 42, he said, If God were your Father, you would love me because I proceed forth and come from God. Jesus said over and over again, he said, I am here to honor my Father. You call me a demon? You call me a Samaritan? I'm not a demon, but I am going to honor my Father. You see the pattern? You do not honor me. You do not honor my Father. You dishonor me. You dishonor the Father. Jesus says you can spot a child of the devil because they're always carrying out the desires of the devil. And so in a few verses, Jesus talks a little bit more about who Satan is and who the devil is. He says the devil, Satan, came to destroy. Back in verse 44. 
He said, you are the father of the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now, I don't know if Jesus is talking about Adam and Eve, because in some ways, the devil murdered them by, by telling them about the fruit and caused them to, you know, with the temptation, they died spiritually. I don't know if he's talking about that. Or maybe he's talking about uh, the, when Cain killed his brother Abel, the first murder, and he was there. Whatever the case may be, Jesus calls the devil, Satan, a murderer. Now, I understand our world doesn't believe in a personal devil. And I've been made fun of that because I do believe in a personal devil. I do believe in a Satan. He does not carry a pitchfork, okay? Uh, he, he's real. He doesn't have horns. He doesn't wear a red outfit. That was invented in the Middle Ages. They, they discovered, they thought, if you want to attack Satan, attack his pride, because he was so prideful, and so they made up these caricatures, and they made him look ridiculous in the Middle Ages. They thought if you laughed at him, he wouldn't be around you, and that has carried on today. That's where we give those images. That's not who he is. The Bible is very clear. He is a real being out to destroy. Satan and his army is trying to destroy families and churches and unity. If he could, he would destroy all of us, not only physically, but he would destroy our peace of mind. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, we're talking about the Satan, talking about the devil, Satan. He said he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And whenever you see killing and stealing and destroying, Satan is always behind it. In our world, in our society, you see all the violence, and the violence is going, is going getting worse and worse. And, and I know all the arguments. I, I've read the arguments and the sociological arguments and the psychological arguments for everything from mental illness or economic issues or justice, and, and th that has something to do with it. But we cannot, as believers, take Satan out of the equation. And Satan can't take all the blame because the Bible says we sin when we are lured away by our own desires. So we have a sin issue, and Satan fans it, and he knows about it, and he seeks to destroy. But Jesus said also in verse 44, he seeks to deceive. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand for the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Jesus says, your father is a liar. Your father, the devil, is a liar. That is who he is. Whenever he speaks, you cannot believe in him. The first time he is introduced in the book of Genesis, what is he doing? He is lying to Adam and Eve. First recorded words of the devil are found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, when he asked Eve, did God really say that you cannot eat from any tree in the garden? He's already putting doubt in her mind. Later on, he said, oh, you will surely not die. He's denying what God said. He is a liar. And even today, Satan will always lie. He will do everything he can to convince people. I love the, I love the preaching of Tony Evans. And Tony Evans once said, Satan's six biggest lies. Number one, there's no Satan. Number two, God is holding out on you. God has something he's not giving you. Number three, God's word cannot be trusted. Number four, you can sin with no consequence. You get away with it. Number five, if it feels good, just do it. And number six, you can be like God. And Tony Evans says that those are his biggest lies. He is a liar. The Bible says in James 4, 7 that if we resist the devil, he will flee. 
We are in a spiritual battle with a spiritual being, and we need to stand up against him, not through our strength, but through Christ's strength. You will never beat Satan on your strength. A lady once said, whenever the devil comes knocking on the door of my heart, I just send Jesus to answer the door. And the devil says, oops, I must be at the wrong address. Jesus said, your father is a liar. You see, a false child of God thinks God accepts them because of their religion. That's what the religious leaders were doing. The people Jesus is talking to, they're not criminals. They're deeply religious people. They believe with all their heart they were following God. They faithfully practiced their religion down to the tiniest detail, but they were blind to the truth, and they were not children of God. And Jesus said, that is the desires of Satan. But then he says, a child of God knows Jesus. Remember, there are two fathers, two families. The heavenly father has many children, those, those who know Christ. And there's, look what he says when he talks about this. And Jesus said, I do not have a demon, verse 49, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. And truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. You see, there is a difference between believing in Jesus and receiving Jesus. You can believe Jesus intellectually. You can believe that Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. You can believe that he died on a cross. You can believe that he was buried on the third day arose. But if you don't give your life to him, then you haven't received him. I have talked to people who intellectually believe the gospel. They've just never given their life to it. And so Jesus is saying a child of God knows Jesus. And basically we have two birthmarks. Number one, the first birthmark is we love Jesus. If you're a child of God, you're going to love Jesus. He says in verse 42, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I'm here. And Jesus is saying, look, guys, you say you're from the father. Oh, if you're really from the father, you're going to love me. If you don't love me, you cannot be from the father. This is one of the glaring reasons why the Jewish leaders were not children of God. They didn't love Jesus. In fact, while they're talking to Jesus here, we know they're plotting to kill him. In fact, by the end of the chapter, they want to kill him. They don't love Jesus. They don't accept Jesus. They hate Jesus. And Jesus said, a child of God is someone who loves Jesus. You know, you go back and, and, you, and you read the story of the crucifixion. Remember Peter? Peter, who denied Jesus, denied him three times. Do you remember what Jesus asked Peter three times after the resurrection? Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Why? Because a true child of God is going to love Jesus. And if you don't love Jesus, according to Jesus, you're not a child of God. The second birthmark, a child of God listens and obeys Jesus. Verse 47, he who is of God hears the word of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you're not of God. He said, a, a true child of God will hear, listen, and obey. When God is your father, you will hear him speak. When God is your father, you will hear him speak. Look at verse 51. 
Truly, truly, I say to you. By the way, that word truly, truly means this is very important. Everything Jesus says is important. This is even more important. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Jesus says, if you keep my word, you listen to me, you won't see death. Now, that word see in the Greek language doesn't mean glancing at it. It means gazing at something. It it means you won't experience it. That's what he's saying. If you trust me, you believe me, you hear me, you will not experience this spiritual death. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Verse 52, the Jews said, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died. Jesus, you're talking about not dying? Well, Abraham died. And what about the prophets also? And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death? Surely you're not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? They're not listening to Jesus. Jesus is talking to them, but they are not listening to him because they're not children of of God. So Jesus said in verse 54, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. If I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. He said, you're not listening, guys. The child of God will listen and obey Jesus. So then verse 56, he said, your father Abraham, he said, in other words, you are physically a descendant of Abraham, but he rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, everything Jesus said, this really got to him. There in this conversation with this itinerant preacher, he said, look, Abraham was happy when he saw me. When he saw you? Verse 57, so the Jews said to him, you have not, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Now, now we know Jesus started his ministry age 30. Why did they say it this way? Let me explain. A Levite retired at age 50. When you turn 50, you retired. Now, here's what they're saying to Jesus. You're not even retirement age. And you're saying you have seen Abraham, and Abraham has seen you? You're not that old. You're not even retiring yet. And then verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Heard that phrase before, I am. We've already seen it in the book of John. Same phrase when Moses stood before the burning bush. Moses asked God, who do I say sent me? And God said, I am. It's the name of God. Jesus looks at them. He says, you're not listening. The child of God will hear me and obey me. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is claiming to be God. Verse 59, therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out into the temple. They picked up stones. Why? Because he was blaspheming. He was claiming to be God. 
So in this chapter, we started with an intellectual discussion to an emotional fervor, to verbal abuse, and now violence. Because their father is the devil. A true child of God knows they're accepted by God. They love Jesus. And they follow him. A true child of God has been born in God's family. It has nothing to do with religious activity. It has nothing to do with, with marking something off a list. It is something you do personally by giving your life to Christ. I told this story many years ago about a pastor who was visiting Knoxville, Tennessee. He and his family stopped at this small cafe for lunch, and they were eating. This man came in, this distinguishing older gentleman. He was talking to all the diners, and, and like a true pastor, he's saying, please don't come talk to me. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm on vacation. man walked over. Where are you from? The pastor said, Oklahoma. He said, well, I'm glad to have you from Tennessee. What do you do for a living? Which is a terrible question to ask for a preacher. From personal experience, let me just say that sometimes. But he said, well, I'm, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church. And we're taking a few days vacation. He said, well, I got a story for you, preacher. And he sat down. I have lived through these. Old man pointed through the windows. He said, you see those mountains over there? Not far from there, a boy grew up to an unwed mother. He had a hard time growing up because every place he went, the people asked, hey, boy, who's your, who's your daddy? The kids were worse. They, they picked on them at recess or lunch, so he avoided them. The boy went to a small church. But he always came in late and he left early because he knew someone would always ask about his daddy. When that boy was 12 years old. There was a new preacher there. Much to the surprise of the boy, the preacher didn't give a benediction. He just walked to the back door. And now he had to talk to the preacher. As he walked out, the preacher reached out his hand and shake his hand and asked the boy, he said, son, who's your daddy? And everyone stopped in the building. They knew this was so embarrassing to this child. And the new preacher sensed something was up. And he said, hey, wait a minute. I know who you are. I see the resemblance. You're a child of God. Young man, you have a great inheritance. You go out there and you claim it. You're a child of God. The 12-year-old boy left that church for the very first time smiling. He said that day his life had changed. From that day on, anyone asked, who's your daddy? He would say, I'm a child of God. He said from that day on, his life changed. The old man asked the pastor, isn't that a great story? The pastor said, sir, that is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. Old man stood up and about to walk out. He said, you know, if that new preacher hadn't told me I was a child of God, I might not have amounted to anything. So pastor, keep on encouraging people. And he walked out. The waitress came over and she asked the pastor, he said, do you know who he was? No, he didn't tell us his name. Well, everybody knows him, she said. His name is Ben Hooper. He's the former governor of Tennessee. His life was changed because somebody reminded him he's a child of God and he has a great inheritance. 
and he went out to claim it. What about you tonight? Are you a child of God? Or are you just a child of a devil? You say, well, I don't, I don't feel like I'm a child of the devil. Well, then you're a child of God. Because Jesus only gave us two options. And if you've never given your life to Christ, you can do so tonight by admitting that you're a sinner, saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. And I believe that Jesus died on my, in my place 2,000 years ago. He died, was buried, on the third day arose. And Lord, I confess, I, I, I agree with you with everything. I give you everything in my life. Let Jesus come into my heart. Will you do that tonight? If you're online and you'd like to give your life to Christ, if you just text the word today at 270-398-5005 and a minister will give you a call. But if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, will you do so? As we begin singing, come to the front, talk to me or one of the ministers. Or maybe you're here tonight and maybe you decide, hey, I need to join this church. I need to join this fellowship. Or maybe there's some other decision that God has laid on your heart. Whatever it may be, will you make it tonight? You just stand and bow your heads. Our Heavenly Father, thank you when we're your children. And Father, remind us of that every day, that we will live like your children. Let the world see our deeds, your deeds. Let the world hear your voice through us. Father, let the world see our love because it's your love. And so, Father, tonight, if there's anyone here who's never given their life to you, Father, let tonight be that night. When they will make the greatest decision they will ever make by surrendering everything to you because you love them. We thank you, Father, and we pray now. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen.